Thank you for listening to the podcasts from Life Central Church. For more information or to visit one of our locations, go to lifecentralchurch.org.uk. We are turning our attention to today and to our baptism, and I love baptism services. Like I said uh, just at the start, if you weren't here just before we started, we're baptizing eight people at the second service and three people at the first. And we wanted you to hear some of the stories, even for those that are getting baptized at the second service. So here's three people's stories, all different but all unique. Take a look at the screen. Before Jesus. I'd say there wasn't much guidance. I had my dad and I had my family, but there wasn't any, it's hard to have a reasoning behind it. There's no, it was hard for me to have judgment between what was good and what wasn't. And I went through a time last year where I wasn't, I don't think I was a nice person. I wasn't, I didn't have a path that was good and it would have taken me down somewhere that I don't think I would have wanted to go. And I think for me, it was just, it wasn't a good, way of living. I was at my friend's house and we were just chilling and he was in his room and I thought I'd go and walk around so I um, I went to the lounge and I remember walking in there and there was a cross on the wall and I'm not, a re- I was never religious, my family aren't religious, anything like that, I never really thought about it and then I remember looking at the cross, feeling so intrigued and I just walked up, picked it up, sat down on the sofa and just looked at it and I started talking to it and I started telling it how everything that I was doing wrong and I started crying, it was all just, um, it was just crazy. And then I, I was confused for months, but for me that was how I first was introduced and that got me asking more questions. From that experience, I, I went traveling and for me that was like, I was by myself traveling and being by myself, it helped me become close to God because I didn't have anyone else to be close with. So I came back from traveling and then that's when I started to come to church every week. And that for me was what helped me learn and be surrounded by other people like-minded. I did the ALF course as well, which is amazing. And that's where I'm at, where I'm at now with my, my faith. It's been, um, it's been amazing because with my faith, it's just helping me so much become the person I want to be. I feel like I'm on a path that's right. The path for me, I feel like. I'm being baptised today because this is a new start for me. This is a start where I want to pursue life in the right way, with surrounded by the right people, doing the right things. And this is me being reborn again in my faith. in a Christian house and have been to this church for a long time but like when I went to church I was never really focused on like faith or religion and never really had like a relationship with God and when I started high school my life got a bit hard and I found lots of things difficult and I just struggled to focus on a lot of things and when I went to Limitless I felt this urge and I felt like God was really with me and for the first time in a while I felt free and that's when I decided to give my life to God because I realised that 
God is with me all the time and that's something to be happy about. I feel like now I tend to enjoy life more and I have found the right people and I just feel like I am I'm set in life now. I'm being baptised because God has changed my life and I want to help other people follow him too. before Jesus was full of a lot of worry, um, worry about the future, worry about who I was and what was expected of me. Um, I saw the world as quite a dark place. I had so many questions like, what's the point? Why am I even here? And is, is this all there is? Um, my fiance was on his journey to finding Jesus and he would come and try to talk to me about it, but I wouldn't really get it or join in. Um, and then he asked me to come to church with him. It actually only took one service. Um, there was a deep feeling that I can't explain. Um, and then the worries, the questions, they started to slowly go away and I had the feeling of peace. Um, but then I soon came to realise when my nan got sick and sadly passed away that being a follower of Jesus doesn't come without its hard times, its troubles. Um, but what it did give me was someone to speak to, someone who listens to me, who heard me, um, who was always there and who loved me. So my life has changed quite differently. I no longer worry about the future. I just have this feeling that I can trust in him. So that's why I'm getting baptised today. So, so good. Hey, my name's Andy. I'm one of, one of the team here and I get the privilege of sitting in the room helping them uh, put their stories together and just brilliantly different stories, different people, different backgrounds, different stories, but one, one Jesus. And that's what we're celebrating today, people's lives and making decisions to find and follow Jesus. We're going to hear a live in the room, in person uh, story right now. So I want to put your hands together uh, and welcome Alex to the stage. Morning, everyone. You all okay? I'm not. I'm very nervous. <laughs> um, basically, my life before Jesus was, was really mainly work-focused, earning money, nice cars, nice house. Uh, to the point, really, I did put work before my family, and I would struggle to get any sleep and really could never switch off. It was all I cared about. Um, after almost losing everything twice, um, I knew I had to change my focus from work and really some of the people that surrounded me. A new lady came into my life, really by accident given the circumstances. She has now soon to become my wife. Yeah, she's got to put up with a lot. <laughs> Janet was a very kind, caring and considerate person. And she always put other people um, before herself. Uh, Janet had faith and had recently been baptised at Connects Church in Birmingham. And after around six months, I started to join Janet um, at Connect Church, where we both really enjoyed the service. And uh, that's where I refound my faith in Jesus and really had given me a lot of peace. And I believe I've become a better person. Other people might think differently. And, and I'll always try to put other people first where possible and help them. 
I came to know in Life Central Church as my partner Janet has a local care home and they all came to a coffee morning and were really made to feel very welcome. And we had started to look for a more local church to worship and we decided to come to the service, uh, which was really good and really inspiring. Uh, Andy told me to say that. <laughs> my life, no, I'm sorry. My life is much more fulfilled and I no longer have sleepless nights. I'm a much calmer and well-balanced person. And really now, things that go wrong with work and are out of my control, I just pass to Jesus. In short, I'm, I'm much more content with life and really looking forward to be baptised. Thank you. Over the last few weeks, we have been uh, talking about this series, You're Invited, and 20% will say no, what about you? Because eight, only 80% of people respond to wedding invitations statistically, and 20% 20 of people say no to them, and we're talking about You're Invited, and we've been saying, I say we, Others have been saying that invites are a really positive thing, that you get excited, you put it in your diary, you think about what you're going to wear and all that kind of stuff. But I think there's a, there's a side of invitations that make you go, oh, really? Like, maybe, maybe you're, you were invited by somebody uh, who's being baptised today or you've been brought along to church today. And when they said, do you want to come to church? Your reaction was like, this guy's here. I don't know if you've seen Gavin and Stacey in series one where Stacey says to the family, I've said we'll all go to church and we're all going to go. And the family kick off, church? I'm not going to church. Maybe that was your internal reaction when you were invited today, that you thought, I am not going to church. Because we all have invitations that we think, please let me be busy that day. When that invitation for that wedding comes through and you open it and you go, oh, they've invited us the whole day. Or, or somebody says, we should go for a drink after work one day. And you think, no, I'm washing my hair every night for the next 10 years. <laughs> or when someone says, you should come to our house for a meal. We'd love to cook for you and your wife. And you think, I've seen your cooking. There's no way. <laughs> I am busy. Liverpool are playing every single night that week. <laughs> like, you're finding excuses. And often when we're given an invitation, we try to find the reasons to say no to it. I'm hoping maybe today yours was like a smithy reaction. I'm hoping today will be one of those days that you come away from it going, oh, I was really dreading that, but it, it was all right, actually. You know that party you go to and you think, oh, we'll, we'll go, we'll show our face for an hour and then we'll leave. And then you end up staying until two o'clock in, in the morning on the dance floor. I'm hoping it's one of them, although we will not be open until two a.m., trust me. Um, but, you know... Um, Jesus, he gave out lots and lots of invitations. And today I want to talk about an invitation that Jesus gave. He uh, gave this in the Festival of Tabernacles. Now, the Festival of Tabernacles was all about celebrating what God had done for the Jewish people in the wilderness. It, there was a time where they were wandering the desert for 40 years. And Jesus, uh, God provided for them time and time again. And it's a celebration of that. And people would gather and they would build temporary structures for around about a week and they would live in these temporary structures for a week and they would go to all the festivities, they would go to the parties and the celebrations, they would eat lots of food and drink lots and it would be this big celebration. It's almost like a Bible version of Glastonbury. 
Because Glastonbury, what people do in any music festival, people build a temporary structure. They live in it for about a week and they attend all the different bands and the parties and the food and all of that kind of stuff. There's probably less drugs at the Festival of Tabernacle than there is at Glastonbury, but I'm going to say no more about it than that. And you see, Jesus, he gets up in the middle of this. So it's almost like a festival kind of vibe. So people have got their bucket hats on, they've got their glitter face paints, they've got their glow sticks, they're, they're ready to live life large, do you know what I mean? And Jesus gets up on the last day of the festival and he says this. He said, it says, on the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. Now, if somebody stood up and said that at Glastonbury, you would think that they had perhaps been taking something. And maybe people would have looked at Jesus and thought it was a little bit strange that he was saying this. Like, they're looking at him going, this whole festival, a big part of the festival of Tabernacle was about water and the procession of water from one place to another and people being washed clean and all this stuff. And people would have looked at Jesus and thought he was a little bit strange in this moment. And maybe they heard him and thought, oh, it's the last and greatest day of the festival. You know, like the last day of your holidays where you're trying to convince yourself that you're excited to go home. But you know, if someone said, do you want to stay for another week, you'd snatch their hand off. And you'd say, oh, I can't wait for a good cup of tea. Oh, I can't wait for a night in my own bed. Like, you're convincing yourself, but really, you'd love another week, you know, in an all-inclusive resort. And maybe, maybe what people heard was, Jesus, like, Jesus say this, and, and people heard it and went, oh, you mean life can be one big festival, time after time, I can just stay here and party and have a great time, and life will always feel like a festival. Is that what you're saying, Jesus? No. And Kate brought that out brilliantly in her story. Jesus isn't saying, come to me and life will be one big party. But Jesus is saying something much, much deeper. You see, what would happen in the Festival of Tabernacles is people would take a bunch of water from the Pool of Siloam. Now, the Pool of Siloam was a living pool. That meant it was kind of like a lake. It would have a, a stream coming into it and a stream coming out of it. And it was, in, it, it was a significant place. And people would process with water from the Pool of Siloam to the temple. And in order to enter into the temple, which was considered the presence of God, you had to be washed in living water, in this water. You had to be made clean by this water. And the whole ceremony was around about, you, in order to be acceptable and come into the presence of God, you had to be washed clean by this water. And when Jesus stands up and he says, if anyone is thirsty, come to me and drink, Jesus is saying something quite bold. Because what he's saying is, no longer do you need to go through all of this religious ceremony to be acceptable to God. Come and follow me and you can have a relationship with this God. You don't have to get involved in all that religious procession and all this washing in a certain water. You can just come to me. And you might think, well, Andy, why are you pulling this out on a baptism service? Because I want to make clear that the baptism water and what people are going to do in a few moments' time isn't the process in which by they're made to be able to have a relationship with God. It's through what Jesus did on the cross. You see, Jesus gives this invitation. And so the baptism today isn't, oh, they're being made clean so that they can now follow God. They've already made that decision. This is standard Dudley Council tap water. Over, you know, we've not, we've not imported it from the, from the Pope's bathroom. Do you know, it is, 
That's a grim image, sorry. <laughs> and it made it worse now as well, haven't I? Really sorry. It's just standard tap water, okay? But it's a symbol of the decision that people have made. It's a symbol of these people have responded to the invitation that Jesus has given. And he says, you know, if anyone is thirsty, come to me and drink. Maybe it was timely for those people. Maybe today that's timely for you because you find yourself in need of a drink. Maybe you're coming to church today thinking, oh, I hope this God stuff turns out because I'm... I'm gasping for a bit of peace. I'm gasping for some sort of rest. I'm gasping to be comfortable. I'm gasping for something to feel bigger than just a nine to five grind week in, week out. I'm desperate for some reassurance about my life. I'm desperate for meaning. Maybe you are coming today and you've almost got that dryness in the back of your, your throat. You, you are gasping and you're desperate you know, people say, if you feel thirsty, you're already dehydrated. The good news is, is Jesus offers rehydration to you today. Maybe you find yourself just that you fancy a drink. You know that moment in your office when you're working away and you're focused and then someone says, do you want a brew? And you go, oh, I'd love a cup of tea. And it wasn't until that moment that someone suggested it that you, like, you hadn't thought about the tea. But now, and now you all want a cup of tea, don't you? Like, because someone suggested it, you hadn't thought about it. You weren't gasping, you weren't typing away going, oh, I'd love a cup of tea right now. But now that someone's mentioned it, you're thinking about it. And maybe today, you, maybe you're just going, my life's not a mess. I'm not coming here desperate for a drink. I'm not tuning in and watching online because I'm, my life is a mess and I need some sort of problem solving. You're just interested. You just, you want to know what this Jesus thing is about. And you know, Jesus says, come. Jesus invites you in. Or maybe you are too busy for a drink. You know those days where you've just worked and worked and worked. You've been busy, 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 busy. And you suddenly go, oh, I haven't had a, I haven't had a drink for six hours and you know the sign, maybe you've not noticed it, maybe you're just scurrying on with life and life feels okay and life feels fine. But when you stop, you realise that the signs of dehydration are there. And maybe there's an increased cynicism that you can recognise in your life. Maybe you've been more short-tempered recently. Maybe there's this consistent feeling of unhappiness that you, 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 you're working to fill, but you know it's not filling it. Maybe you overreact to some stuff or maybe there's just a flatness in your emotions. There are signs that you are dehydrated in life. Jesus says, come to me and drink. And you know, Jesus' invitation is to receive refreshment from him. But you can have all of that without the religious ceremony. You can have all of that. You see, Jesus is, is not just given a one-time invitation, but given a constant invitation. So when he says this, and he says, whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. Living water will flow through your life. That's the invitation that Jesus gives. Not to just be refreshed once, but constantly be refreshed. You see, Jesus is inviting us to a relationship. He's not inviting us to a religion. He's not inviting us to attend a Sunday service. He's inviting us to a life-transforming relationship. You see, the invitation that Jesus gives us isn't to a destination, but is to a transformation. 
And that's why I've called today, you're invited to transformation, because each and every one of us is invited to a transformation. And I want to look at it like this. I'm going to go down to the baptism tank, and it's good because the ice cubes have now melted, um, which is really comforting to know. So I'm going to put some water in this bowl, um, and I'm going to talk to the camera so you can all see it. Now, if I shake this bowl, the water comes out. Why is the water coming out, anyone? Because I shook the bowl, yeah? It's kind of the right answer, but actually if there's water in there and I shake the bowl, is juice going to come out? Or is milk going to come out? No, because what I put in there first was water. See, when I shake the bowl, what's in the bowl will come out of the bowl. And I want to say to all of us, and I'm speaking to me included, you know, when whatever you put in your life, when the world shakes you, when your kids shake you, when your boss shakes you, when circumstances and life shakes you, what's in you will spill out. And so what is in you that's going to come out? You know, it wasn't, it wasn't your boss that made you bitter. Your boss surfaced the bitterness that's already in you. It wasn't your kids that made you angry. It's they brought the anger out in you. It wasn't VAR and referees that made you violent. I'm preaching to myself there. <laughs> Whew, just need a moment. You see, what Jesus invites us to is a relationship where he wants to put stuff in us. He wants streams of living water to flow from us so that when, when life does shake us, when it inevitably shakes us, like Kate said, the stuff that comes out is not the negative stuff that embarrasses us and brings shame, but it's good stuff. And I want to show you what it is. My hands are soaking now. You see, later on in the Bible, there's a guy called Paul who has his own transformation moment with Jesus. And he writes about what the fruit of the Spirit is, which is basically when Jesus is talking about the rivers of living water, he's talking about the Holy Spirit, which is part of God, which I don't have time to go into all of that theology. Um, but he says this, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, which is patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. This is the stuff, this is the rivers of living water that when life shakes you, Jesus wants this to spill out of your life. And it's not about us trying really hard to let it spill out. It's about Jesus planting it inside you. And you know, whether, whether you're a Christian or not, like I'm sure we can all look at this and go, I could do with being a bit more peaceful in my life. I could do with some more patience. I could do with being a bit more kind. These are all things that you can switch on the news and look at social media and go, our world needs these things. This is the invitation that Jesus offers. He says, come and be rehydrated and I want a, a, riven, a living water of flowing through your life so that when the world shakes you, this is the stuff that spills out. I don't know about you, but I want this to be my life. And so if you're a Christian today, if you're being baptised, your job is to, is to allow Jesus to have more and more of your life. You know, if you're not a Christian, then you are invited into this relationship. And like, just like Jesus didn't invite us to a destination, but a transformation, it wasn't just a one-time thing. Jesus is always inviting us you know, today you, you might come and go, oh yeah, it was all right, and then not return to church for another five to ten years. Guess what? This invitation will still stand in five to ten years. 
and beyond that, Jesus is always inviting us. And I want to show you that he is, because I had a little look um, through, well, I say I had a little look through the Bible. I Googled, um, I Googled to find some passages. Can't <laughs> be honest. Um, and what I realised is the, the, last, the Bible is a collection of books, and the last book of the Bible is Revelation. Now, Revelation is a bit of a mad book. If you're not a Christian, don't, please don't start reading the Bible and read Revelation. Okay, now some of you are minded, I'm going to do it. But right, at, it's all about the end of the world. It's all a bit crazy and a bit strange. Um, but right at the very end of Revelation, in the last chapter, in the last couple of sentences, Jesus speaks and he says this, come, let the one who is thirsty come. And let the one who wishes to take the free gift of the water of life come. See, from now to the end of time, Jesus is constantly extending that invitation. And so, yes, we would love you to respond to that invitation today. But maybe you come back in a couple of weeks for Remix or Jingle Jam and you respond then. Or maybe you come in five, ten years' time. I want you to be really clear that the invitation to come and drink is always extended to you. So maybe when life shakes you and you feel stuff spill out, you can sit at your desk and say, Jesus, I need you. Because the invitation is always being extended to you. And we're going to show you now some more stories of people who have had their life transformed, who have said yes to that invitation to come and drink. And we're going to start by watching Demi's story. Um, before I met Jesus, I suffered, well, I still do suffer with anxiety, but I wasn't able to, like, cope with it as well as I do now. And, like, in my, like, childhood, I'd dealt with a lot of things, and I just had a lot of built-up anger and couldn't forgive people. But then, like, yeah, after I met Jesus, like, I was able to forgive and, like, regulate my emotions and stuff. I was never part of a Christian family at all, like, my whole family is practically atheist, um, but this one time my mate, who's Christian, he was like, do you want to come to church with me? I was like, sure, why not, because it's not like I've really ever been to church before. And then, I don't know, it was really weird, there was some, just something that happened and I was like, oh. And then I didn't think much of it for a couple of months after, I car carried on going, but I didn't think much of it. and then. This one night I was at a field and I just started praying. I was like, can you like give me a sign or something? And then a few days later he did. And I was just like, wow. And then yeah, I've just went to church ever since that. Now that like I've actually realized, because I've always had a feeling. I've always had a feeling, but I've never known what the feeling was. And it's just like I feel fulfilled with Jesus in my life and it just helps me cope with things and just daily stuff, really. So, yeah. I'm getting baptised because I want to make like a public like statement to say I believe and I am a Christian because even though a lot of my family don't agree with it, but it's me, it's like what I believe in, so I want to make everyone aware that I am.
Before Jesus, my life was, was terrible. I, I had um, diagnosis of uh, breast cancer. Um, that was a month into COVID. Prior to that, the menopause and how terrible that is for ladies with sleepless nights. And it was just, it was just, it was just terrible. Um, I actually suffered from very severe depression because of it. I was introduced to Jesus because my best friend, Sue Thomas, said, come to church, you'll be welcome. My experience with church was just phenomenal. I mean, please come. It changes your life. It changes your, your perspective. So the difference that Jesus has made in my life. I mean, look at my face. I used to be so depressed. Look at me now. It's changed my life. I mean, I, I do still suffer with um, depression because of what I've been through. Jesus has given me a purpose though. He's given me a new strength and a new life. I feel so much better that he's now in my life. I still have depression, but I'm so much better now knowing that Jesus is in my life. I feel I have someone by my side. Hello, my name is Elena. I'm 20 years old. I joined Life Central 11 years ago. Um, my first encounter with God was when I first joined Hope. Uh, I came across the prayer room and my first instinct was to, <laughs> to go to the prayer room because I had a really bad shoulder that day. And uh, I left that room completely healed. And ever since then, not only did I leave the prayer room completely healed, but I also left as a believer and a relationship with God. It was really great. Um, I went home crying that night to my parents and I just felt overwhelmed with just the Holy Spirit. And I prayed to God, thanking Him for just everything that He had done. Eventually, uh, I wanted to learn more about my name because my dad had mentioned to me that it meant something. So the story behind it was when my mom was pregnant with me, uh, the doctors had told me that I would be born severely disabled. That was because of a fluid sac that they had found behind my neck on a scan. So uh, my dad's old church and his friends and family prayed over me before the pregnancy. Before I was born, uh, they, my dad had a dream that there was to have a girl named Alena. Um, my dad didn't know what the name meant at the time but uh, my, dad also, my dad's friend also had a dream that my mum would have a girl named Lena. Um, my dad eventually found out that the name meant in through the Bible, through Hebrews and Celtic, that uh, it meant God answered. And <laughs> at that time, after I realised the story, uh, that's when I realised God had more for me and the journey, and that's why I'm getting baptized today.